We do, in fact, have Doug Rice joining us via the phone this morning. Doug, how are you? Fantastic. Down here in Daytona. I won't be here for the 500, but I've been down here the last three days. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a buzz down here that I've not felt in a, in a decade. The place is packed. You can just tell by the traffic and the restaurants and everything. It's, uh, it, it's kind of exciting. I'm glad I'm glad to hear you say that because I think that's a really tangible feeling right now, and especially as a fan for as long as I've been. And I know Greeny, we talked about it earlier. There, there, there is a really it, it feels like a new changing of the guard, so to speak. So many things changing in this off season, coming into this race, and again, we we could spend hours just going through all the things that have changed. But again, we come back to the same spot every February for the Great American Race, and I think it's 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 really exciting. And I, and I just kind of want to get the vibe here. How, how, how have you seen the reaction from people getting to see these cars up and close and personal for the first time now as fans have been able to trickle through and see these guys run in the duels and in uh, some of these practice sessions? Well, uh, down here, and I think uh, they, they rolled out in Los Angeles at the Coliseum, and that was a big hit. And yep. I think that's helped the vibe down here. But I think a lot of people were not excited about the new car, but now that they've seen them and they realize. They look pretty cool. Yep. I like to say I think they're kind of sexy looking for stock cars. Absolutely, and they sound and they sound great. And those things, well, and Doug, uh, I think, have turned people on and got them excited. And Doug, to, to me, you know, and this is may not be the best comparison that NASCAR wanted, but to me, these cars look more like what we got to see a couple weeks ago, and, and not necessarily a couple weeks ago with the twenty four hours of Daytona, but maybe a few years ago. When you looked at the uh, the Corvettes, uh, you know, when the Corvettes, they, they kind of look like those Corvettes. They sound like those Corvettes. They've got the internal rear view camera. They've got the sequential shifting before the paddle shifting came out. I mean, these cars have that completely different look and feel. They look more modern. They feel more modern. We don't have five lug nuts anymore. We're not doing five off and five on. We're doing one uh, lug in the middle, in the center of the wheel. Although the one thing that hasn't changed is NASCAR has clandestinely uh, – confiscated some wheels from, uh, from Brad Keselowski and Chris Busch's car. Everybody's looking for an edge. I mean, that's never going to change. <laughs> right. You know, uh, they have made the, the, the jump to light speed with these cars before uh, we were racing outdated technology. Right. Steering boxes and everything about those cars was 20 years behind the times. And now you look at them and you go, okay, I, I see some tech here that we've never had before. Uh, I think one of the big things that's going to take them a while to get used to is that that rear-facing camera. Uh, most a lot of the cars right now have a have have the display for the camera to see what's behind them, but also a mirror because you don't want to lose that transition. But they brought the cars up today; they look better. Uh, there's an issue right now with having enough of them, right? Uh, you know, and, and I mean, but there are supply chain issues everywhere. That'll, that'll be alleviated. We won't be talking about that in three or four months. They'll get enough parts and pieces, and the teams will have enough cars. And that's another thing this year. NASCAR is only allowing seven cars per driver in the whole. If you have a stable, you can have seven cars. Before, you know, let's say Joey Logano might have 15 cars with 22s on them yep. at, at the garage. you got seven now. And this is to save the owners from themselves so they're not spending themselves out of existence, which they will. Right. And, you know, that's one thing NASCAR's trying to do is protect these owners from themselves.
Yeah, and you mentioned Joey Logano by name there. Uh, we were wondering if we were going to see any guys take it real easy with these cars, knowing they have a limited number. Then we go out into the duels the other night, and uh, Joey Logano gets caught up with one of those blocks there and piles his car and has to go to a backup. I, I have to imagine that there was a little bit of, like, oh, dear, kind of uh, groan feeling coming from that Penske camp there, especially because we'd heard for a week, uh, for a little while there that a lot of teams weren't going to bring too many backups because they just didn't uh, have the option. No, I mean, it, it's kind of unreal. Uh, I, the, the risk versus reward on that move by Joey to throw the block was all risk. There was no reward. Right. I mean, yeah, you win it. Okay, nice. You finish second or third. You start in row two or three. Uh, and I think he, he knew that. I mean, he, he took full blame. You know, that was me. I misfired. My bad. So sorry. So, uh uh, yeah, that one hurt. But lucky for Joey, he might be the only guy down here that had a backup car. Mm. <laughs> uh, Hendrick Motorsports, from what I've been told, has one backup car down here. They just want to get through practice today without tearing one up. Stuart Haas has none. Oof. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's the ultimate playing without a net at Daytona to have no backup cars. That's why those duels were so tame and you only had one caution flag. Yeah, and Doug, the other thing, too, is that uh, when we look at manufacturers, I think traditionally what we've seen at a place like Daytona is we have seen the cars that are really good, you know, with speed by themselves don't necessarily draft that well. Um, you know, we, but I think we, we are seeing a different generation of this. I mean, we saw the Hendrick cars all have great speed by themselves in qualifying, but, man, in that first dual race on Thursday night, those four cars got out front. It didn't seem like anybody could get by them, and the only way they did it was the, you know, the Fords took two tires to the Chevys taking four tires, and they got back out in front. So is this kind of where we are really going to start to see some true parity going on this year and maybe get back to some really good racing, which I think NASCAR has been missing for several years? Well, I, I think one of the, you know, the, the, this has been a multi-prong attack with this new car. One is to eventually drive down costs. Initially, it's going to cost more, but in the long run, it will save costs. The other is to get the teams a little bit closer together because before, with everybody building their chassis from the ground up, obviously some people knew how to do it better than others. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there were Penske Fords, and there were yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, different Fords for different camps, and the same with Chevys and everything else. Now... It's essentially the same car for everybody. Yeah. So I'm thinking that's going to even out. But all of that being said, I'm looking at the Fords tomorrow down here. I just think, I don't know, watching them on the racetrack, they look to me more comfortable than the Chevrolets and the Toyotas. And they've got, they've got numbers, so that's, that always helps. Right. Toyota, Toyota could win this, but there are only six Toyotas in this race. Yeah. Uh, Six Toyotas lined up can't beat ten Fords lined up. Right. Well, well, I was about to say, Doug, you mentioned it there, and before we let you go, I do want to – I know you've got the, un, uh, the the tough task all year of kind of having to predict how these things are going to play out with this new car, and it's, again, such a big unknown this whole season. But if you can, you mentioned a Ford. Do you have one in particular so far you've seen? I think right now I tabbed it. I, I liked what I saw out of Brad Keselowski. I think this might be the year he finally gets the monkey off his back. But uh, do you have one that's stuck out to you so far? Well, I, I think Brad will be a player. Yep. But 
I, you know, I'm going to, and I don't know now it's an upset. Michael McDowell could win this thing two years in a row. Yeah. I just, I watched him in practice. I watched him in the duels. And we had a chance to talk to all the drivers. And listening to how he studies for this race, he said, I watch endless hours of videotape. And he goes, last year when he won it, he said, when we crossed the start-finish line on the white flag lap, he goes, I knew exactly what Keselowski and Logano were going to do. He said, I studied everything that they had ever done down. And he said, it played out exactly like I thought it would. And he goes, I, he said, I even go in and watch the post-race interviews with the drivers. Wow. To know what they're saying they're trying to achieve. And I, I've never thought about that. I've never really heard it that many drivers studying game film. That's usually football. And, okay. and McDowell impressed me, and he's a good driver. You know, and this is the place where that team can win. Right. They're not going to go to Auto Club Speedway in California and win. Right. They're just not. But they can win down here. Well, Doug, we always appreciate the time. Uh, hopefully we have a great race tomorrow. Thanks a lot, my man. I, that's all I want to see, and the weather is supposed to be splendid tomorrow. Perfect. Yes, it is. So we'll be watching the Daytona 500 on Sunday.